Thank you. Uh, for the record, uh, my name is Alexander McKenzie, and I'm a practicing lawyer in Winnipeg here. Um, Mrs. Voth, uh, would you mind stating your full name to the commission? My name is Martha Voth. Thank you. And do you promise and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do. Thank you. Mrs. Voth, you reside in Niverville? Yes. And um, you, um, I beg your pardon, uh, you, um, in, on May the 24th of 2021, uh, you tested positive for COVID, is that correct? Yes. yes. And um, you also were with your husband, Alvin, and he tested positive as well? Yes. Okay. Um, you yourself had symptoms? Not as much by that time. I was on, on my way getting better. I see. And how about your husband? No, he was not. He, he was having difficulty breathing and he had no energy, but he went to get tested so he could go back to work. I see. And nothing, and nothing could keep him down. I see. And, and what did he do for a living? He was a, a flooring specialist, so he installed flooring for 50 years. And he was very physically active? Very, and it's a rigorous job, so he had to be physically fit to do it, and he still worked five days a week. <clears throat> and he was uh, 66 years old at that yes. time, is that correct? Um, you say that he was becoming uh, ill, he had symptoms that were flu-like, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and on uh, May the 26th of 2021, uh, what did you do as a result of that? Phoned the uh, Walmart walk-in clinic because we wouldn't have been able to get into the clinic in Niverville without an appointment. But at the walk-in we would, and he simply prescribed a drug, an antibiotic for him, which he sent to the Niverville pharmacy, was picked up by our daughter, and she dropped it off at our door. I see the, the Walmart drop-in was in Steinbeck. Steinbeck, yes, yes. 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 <clears throat> and so you got the prescription, uh, and um, then what happened then on May the 27th? Well, it seemed that he was getting progressively worse. He couldn't walk very well because of the breathing difficulty, and so I called the walk-in to ask if we could come in, and they said, no, we couldn't because I admitted we tested positive for COVID. They said we had, had to go to emergency in Stymac. And, and that's the Beth, Bethesda Hospital. Bethesda Hospital, yes. yes. And um, Alvin then was uh, speaking and breathing with some difficulty. Yes. <clears throat> so you drove him then to uh, Steinbeck, yes. to the hospital. And uh, how was he feeling then? Well, he opened the window on the drive-in, which gave him a lot of fresh air. And by the time we got to emergency, he admitted to me that he was feeling so much better because he'd gotten a lot of fresh air. Mm -hmm. I went in, got a wheelchair so he wouldn't have to walk, and uh, brought him to the registration desk. We got him registered, and we were then put into a plexiglass cubicle where we sat and waited till they admitted him, which was about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then... When they did admit him, they said I could not stay in the waiting room. I had to go home. And I said because I'd 
driven a bit of a distance. I wasn't going to go home. I was going to wait in my car till they released him and I could take him home. And so I sat in the car about 45 minutes before they called me and said they were going to admit him and keep him overnight. And that's when I went home. I see. And then um, you were at home and at around 7 o'clock you received a phone call. Is that correct? Yes. It was later on in the evening. I, I would say it was more like 9 or 9.30. They said they had put him on oxygen. His oxygen level was at 58, uh, which is pretty low. Uh, but with a mask on, the oxygen level did come up, and um, they just wanted to let me know that he was very, very sick, and they were going to send him either to Brandon or fly him to Ontario. And um, okay. I just said, no, you're not flying him there, and you're not bringing him to Brandon. We want to keep him close to home so that no, we could no, Brandon, go get him. Brandon is about a three-hour drive, yes. is that correct? Yes. And that would have been very hard for you to see him there. Right. And, and of course, Ontario would be yes. an airplane trip. Right. So you objected to that. Yes. Uh, and um, what were you told? They were going to try and get a room somewhere in Winnipeg, but they said all the hospitals were full and didn't actually have room. But they were going to try. And they said they were in contact with HSC. Now, HSC the is the Health, Health Science, Science Center, Center. Yes. in Winnipeg, which yes. is about a 40-minute or one-hour drive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, was there anything else that occurred that day on May the 27th? No. Okay. And, and on May the 28th, can you tell us what happened then? My husband called me in the morning, asked me to bring his, the batteries for his hearing aid, and uh, his cell phone charger. And, and I asked him how his night had gone. He said it was good, he had slept well. And I said, and how do you feel this morning? He said, I feel good, because he was getting the oxygen he needed and he felt good. And how was he getting the oxygen? Uh, just with a face mask. I see. Now, um, you uh, had been asked to bring the um, cell phone charger and batteries, and so what were you doing then? You were preparing to go? I, I was. I was trying to get ready, but I kept getting calls, and so was a little slow at getting ready. But um, then the doctor called and uh, informed me that they were going to ventilate him. And I said, no, no, what, well, why are you going to ventilate him? Why are you rushing this? And he said, well, we're not actually rushing it. We would have done it last night with, because it was, he was dangerously low in his oxygen. And I said, okay, so wait till later in the day to see how the day goes. Well, no, because uh, they didn't have enough oxygen for him, and he needed 60 liters per minute, and they just didn't have enough oxygen. Okay, now just just, just stop a moment. He had been getting oxygen. Yes. His oxygen levels were up. He had said he was feeling much better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so they were wanting to ventilate him. What did that have to do with the amount of oxygen? If they ventilated him, the oxygen would go directly into the lung and they wouldn't need as much oxygen to keep his levels up. And, and so what, um, in terms of the ventilation, uh, did you get to speak to him about that? That is to Alvin, your husband. Well, after the doctor had explained to me why they had to ventilate him now instead of waiting, one of the reasons was the anesthesiologists only had eight-hour shifts and were going to go home 
after their eight-hour shift, and if anything drastic happened and he did need to be ventilated, nobody would be around to do it, and then he would die. So then they were going to take him off the mask, where he seemed to be doing not badly, right. and they were going to ventilate him. Yes. Uh, and the reason for that was an oxygen shortage partly, yes. and also partly because their staff would be gone who could install the ventilator, Right. and also partly because they'd called an ambulance. Right. Yeah. That was another reason why they had to do it now, because the doctor had already mm -hmm. called STARS, which is the emergency medical team that picks people up and flies them to different locations. I see. So because he had called them 20 minutes prior to, the, to my call, I said, I can't get there in 20 minutes. And he said, well, they'll be here in 10 minutes. And I said, well, I'm, I'm just not ready to get there. Like, just hold off. Well, no, we cannot waste their time because they're flying all over Manitoba picking people up. So we can't waste their time. And, and so again, what is the distance from Niverville and time from Niverville to Steinbeck? Um, half hour. Half 20 minutes, half hour. So, so the STARS was going to be there in 10 minutes, and it would have taken you At half least an half hour. hour to get there, yes. <clears throat> and so what was the next, what happened next? Then my husband called again, and again, he sounded great. He sounded normal, and he asked, when are you getting here? And I said, I can't get there before STARS gets there. And then I asked him, I said, are you okay with, a with get going on a ventilator? He said, I don't know. I have nobody to talk to about this. They just tell me whatever, and, and, but I don't know how to gauge whether I should go on it or not. So, and, and, he, and he very much wanted to be able to speak with you about that. Is yes, that correct? Yes, yes, um, yes. However, you didn't get there, um, and um, he was moved... Uh, from the Bethesda Hospital Bethesda. Uh, to the Health Sciences Center by STARS. Yes. yes. Um, did you become aware of uh, any um, conversation um, that the STARS um, attendees had? Were you ever told of any conversation that is significant? Yes. A doctor called from the hospital in Steinbeck and let me know that they had discussed um, to let me into my husband's room there in Steinbeck because I had also had COVID. But then I talked to him about the vent ventilator because he had told me he was ventilated and he's, he's on his way to Health Science Center. And I, I talked to him about why did he need to go on it? Why couldn't he just stay on the mask? And then the, and then the nurse informed me that the STARS attendees and my understanding is that STARS has their own doctor that they fly with, that they had questioned the staff in my husband's room asking, why are you ventilating him? He seems like he's doing fine. His oxygen level is up with the mask. He got up on his own out of bed and went to the bathroom. He is cooperating. He is... Um, He's not feeling sick as such. Why are you ventilating him? I don't know what their answer was. <laughs> you, you've never received an answer to that. Not, not, no, I just the doctor's reasoning for, for ventilation. Okay. Now, then at some point um, after Alvin had been moved, uh, you got a call from the Health 
Science Center, is that correct? Yes. And, and what were you uh, told there about your attendance and, and so on? Well, even though he was close, not in Brandon or Ontario, they still were not going to allow us to go in to see him. But we could set up Zoom calls or video calls with him. And I kind of vetoed that idea because I didn't think there was a point to it. He wasn't responsive anyway. He was in a drug-induced coma. I, I didn't see the point of it. And that was all on the day that he got moved from yes. Bethesda to the Health Sciences yes. Center. And then uh, the following day on May the 29th, you got another call from the Health Science Center, is that correct? Yes, it was by the doctor. He informed me of, his, of Alvin's condition and just saying that he was very sick and didn't think he'd make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, was there anything further to your discussion that day that you can recall? Well, I asked him to put him, put him on the, the drug that and I'm not a medical expert, but that everybody seemed to think was working well, the off-label drug called ivermectin, and he said, no, we only use scientifically and medically proven drugs that work. I see. Okay. <clears throat> and then, was there anything else to that conversation? No. Okay. Then uh, on May the 30th, um, again, this is all in 2021, you requested uh, regular video calls. You yes. took them up on their offer, is that yes. correct? Uh, and um, was that arranged for you, and how did that work? Yes, they said they would start the next day with mm -hmm. video calls. Uh, and um, during that time, too, I understand that you had regular calls and discussions with the medical staff, uh, at the Health Sciences Center as to Alvin's condition? Every morning I called to see the, how the night had gone. Every evening I called to see how the day had gone. And about two o'clock in the afternoon, the kids and I would do a video call with him being in a comatose state. We would sing, we would talk about our day, and we would pray with him. And uh, generally it was about an hour long call. And, it, and in those conversations, the, I understand you had the video calls, but you also had conversations with uh, Health Science Center staff, is that correct? Yes, they informed me what they were doing to him and with him every day. Um, one of the nurses in particular was very kind, would speak to him, would turn his face to the sun in the window, and, they, and then they started to tell me that his condition improved when they proned him, and proning means turning him on his stomach, and his, all the numbers on the machines would come, would be better if they proned him. Okay. And did they, did they tell you uh, any disadvantage to proning? No. Okay. And, and so if he was lying on his back, as I understand what you're telling us, is that if he was lying on his back, he would have um, less strong vitals uh, vital um, signs than when he was lying on his stomach. Is that correct? That was my understanding because when they did prone him, his stats, his numbers always was, were better on the machines. Okay, thank you. And then um, on um, th these calls went on through to um, uh, June the uh, 7th or June the 8th. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. 
And then on June the 8th, you got a call from the Health Sciences Center. Yes. Is that right? And uh, what were you told then? They said that all the ports and the needles that were in his body to, for all the medications and things were badly infected, and now they were dealing with a new infection in his blood that was causing his organs to shut down. And, um, and what were they going to do to try to resolve that? They were going to try and find new places for all the ports and needles. And they said they would have to work on it all day, and it, he was in a very bad place. I see. Um, and then um, on uh, June the 10th, uh, you were called again from the Health Sciences Center. Yes, they wanted, they wanted us to come in so they, we could agree with them to put him in comfort care. And, and what did you understand that the words comfort care meant? Kind of in palliative care where they don't actively work anymore to get him better. Okay, thank you. And uh, so uh, I understand that on June the 10th, then uh, you, uh, two daughters, you have three daughters, two of your daughters and your son attended the Health Sciences Center, is that yeah. correct? Yes. <clears throat> and your other daughter attended by video. Yes. Yeah. Um, were you masked when you attended? No. Okay. Um, I understand you saw some sign on the door on the 10th when you yes. attended. And, and by the door, I mean the door to the room in to which Alvin room. was Yes, uh, it said COVID recovered. COVID recovered. Yes. And, um, and what do you, in terms of Alvin's condition, how do you square the sign COVID recovered on the one hand and the fact that he's getting worse on the other hand? Well, it was, it was the infection that you can get only in ICUs, like a, like a, it was the infection, like a sepsis. It was the infections and sepsis. Yes. That, that was the problem for him, not COVID. Yes, not anymore. COVID. Uh, was Alvin on his back or on his stomach? He was on his back. And we were there, we were there for, for a few hours, two or three hours, before we actually had the meeting with the doctor, and some of the nursing staff, the chaplain. And so, so you, were, you had been in Alvin's room, and yes, you were sitting with hours. him for a time with your children. Yes. And then you went to another room, is that correct? Right. And, and uh, who was in that other room? It was the doctor together with the head nurse and some of the nursing staff and a chaplain. And um, in those discussions, did the issue of comfort care come up again? Yes. And how, how did that come up? He told us how bad the situation was and that his organs were failing and um, their suggestion was that he should be put in comfort care. And so I asked I said, it's too bad that you cannot give him that drug, ivermectin. And he said, no, we don't use that here. And then, and then I said, well, could you prone him and would his numbers be better then? And so he you, said- So you, you asked for him to yes. be proned? Yes, 
And he said, yes, it has improved when we do prone him, but he could have a massive heart attack and then it'd be over. And I said, but he has a good, strong heart. So, and he said, yes, he does. So on the one hand, they're saying that he is not going to survive right. for more than a few hours, yet they're afraid to give him the internectin because it might hurt him. And they're afraid to prone him because it might hurt him. Is that, is that yeah. what yeah. I understand from you? Yeah. Thank you. It's hard for me to understand yeah. that. Um, in any event, they did prone him, did they? Yes. And, and we, we were left alone in that waiting room to discuss whether we wanted him proned or put on comfort care. And it was a no-brainer. We wanted him proned because we still believed in a miracle. So when we went back to the nurse's station, and the same people that were in that waiting room were around the nurse's station, and we told them we had decided we wanted him proned. And uh, they said, okay, they had to get a few people out there to help with that. So then I asked the doctor, um, you know and I know, it's scientifically and medically proven that when a baby is born and doesn't have any human touch, that the baby dies. And he said, yeah, that's true. And I said, don't you think that if we spent time in his room touching him, talking to him, and that we were there physically instead of video calls, that he would improve. And he said, yes, I believe that. But he said, it, I can't make that decision. And he turned his head and looked at the head nurse and said, can we make that happen? And she said, no, it's not our protocol. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, by this time, had Alvin been prone? No, that no, was just see, before. Just before he was prone. Yes. So, so you had asked to be able to stay at Alvin's bedside and. Well, offer we just him thought we were there, so we thought we may as well just stay, right. as long as we possibly could. To talk to him. Yeah. To sing to him in yeah. person. Yes. To hold his hand. Yes. To do those things in the hopes that it might revive him. Yes. Yeah. And you were told. It's well, after they proned him. We, then they, the nurse said, well, now you can't be in his room anymore because now his numbers are better. So, so, so you could... So, 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 so just so that... Uh, uh, I, I believe I understand every word you say, but so long as he was on the, the edge of death and going to die, uh, you could stay for comfort yes. care. Yes. But the moment it looked like he might live, you had to go. Yes. Okay. And then the nurse did say, well, I will allow you to stay one more hour, but then you have to leave. Okay. <clears throat> um, now, you did, you did uh, I believe you recalled to me some specific words uh, that were spoken to you when you asked if staying there might help, and the doctor asked the nurse if that would be possible, and uh, the doctor was told, uh, what were those words? No, it's not our protocol. Mm -hmm. and, and then, and so you left with your children yes. and went home. I understand that on uh, June the 11th, 
uh, you continued your, continued your video calls. Yes. And uh, they continued uh, right through to June the 24th. Yes. Yeah. And each day you and, and some of your family would sing and talk to your husband, Alvin. Yes. And that each morning and each evening uh, you would call and get updated information yes. from the Health Sciences Center. <clears throat> now, on June the 22nd, uh, you received a call from the Health Sciences Center. From the doctor. Yeah, and uh, that was Dr. Claire Ramsey. Dr. Claire Ramsey. And what were you told? She said that uh, he didn't have very long, that his condition was in, he was in really, really bad condition. All his organs had shut down by that time because of the massive infection that was running through him. And uh, I asked her if his condition was strictly due to him being in their ICU. And she said, yes, you only get this infection in the ICU. And that's what was killing him. Now, on uh, June 25th then, um, you um, received yet another call from the hospital, is that correct? Yes, they said he wouldn't make it the day. Would, he would not survive for the day. He would, would not make it, he would die that day. Yes. Um, and uh, you were told you would be allowed to come in again, is that correct? They asked us to come in, yes. And so what did you do? The girls and I went in because uh, our son was uh, doing concrete and he was in the middle of a pour and it's sensitive work so he couldn't leave. He was trying to get somebody to do his job but he couldn't find anybody so he had to wait till the concrete set. So, 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 so we went in, the girls and I went in, we got there shortly after lunch. That is you and, and your three daughters, yes? Yes. yes. And, and uh, again, your son could not attend, not because he didn't want to, but no, because he, he was, was trying hard. pouring concrete. Right. Yeah. He was trying hard to get there. Okay. And we were there all afternoon, and, and the nurse kept coming in to ask when the son was going to be there, because she, she said, he's going to die any minute. He's going to, and, uh, but I mean, the machines were still all on him, so. What did she tell you about keeping the machines on? She said, you're not doing him any favors by keeping him on these machines. In fact, it's worse for him to be on all these machines. And, and you arrived about what time? About, about uh, one o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere in there. And uh, I understand that your son did finally arrive at around seven. He, he finally came at seven, yes. Um, and I understand also that then you and your family were allowed to sit with your husband. Yeah, we were there in his room all afternoon and then all evening. And at some point, the kids decided to go get some food. And, now, and, uh, and you, you had uh, one of your children, you have three daughters. Yes. One of your daughters' name is Rebecca. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. And uh, you were about to say that your children decided to get up and go have a bite to eat while you were going to remain with Alvin. Yes. And, and what, um, what happened then? As they were walking, Rebecca, who is our youngest, she was pregnant, but um, she started bleeding and she had a miscarriage because of the stress of that day. Um, and, and I understand that 
that uh, you did stay with your other children, Rebecca went home, and that she nonetheless stayed for much of the time on the phone, that you right. made a phone connection so that she would be there too. Yes. Now that went on until past midnight on the 25th, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, tell us what happened then. Well, we went back and forth trying to decide, should we keep the machines on and wait for a miracle, miracle or take them off and wait for a miracle? And so we went back and forth all that time to try and decide what to do, because of course you want him to live, right? And, uh, and, but you and then, also hope for a miracle. Yes. And so sometimes different of your family would think time to take him yes. off and other times uh, people would change their minds. And, yes. and, and ultimately though, you made a decision. We made a decision after midnight mm -hmm. to take him off all the machines. And, and so I'm presuming you called then the medical staff? Yeah. Yes. And um, just tell us about what happened then. Well, they came, they had promised us that when they would take all the machines off, they would take the ventilator, the hose out of his mouth so that he would look normal right at the end. And uh, when they did come in to do that, they said no, they would leave part of that hose in his mouth because there could still be a particle of COVID in his lung. And then we so, would be at risk, my kids and I would be at risk. And if they took it all out and we were in the room, then they would have to fumigate the room and that would take at least half an hour and he would be gone before that time. And so they, they were still worried about uh, COVID and you're getting COVID and that, right. was, that was foremost in their mind in yeah. terms of... So they said, well, unless you had the N95 masks, you know, we couldn't stay in there. And we said, okay, we'll wear those masks. Well, they, we didn't fit right. They wouldn't fit right on our face, on our faces. And so we said, well, they had promised that we could stay and we were gonna stay. And we were not gonna, and they had to take that hose out. So the nurses walked out and discussed it and came back in and said, okay, if we took the N95 masks, we could stay in the room. So that's what we did. Mm -hmm. and, and then they proceeded to? They proceeded to t take all the machines off, unplug everything, and whatever air was in his lungs from the ventilator just puffed out in three puffs. And then seven minutes later, his heart had stopped. Um, I feel almost foolish uh, asking this question, but I've been asked to ask it. Um, what you think should have been done differently? Well, he did have pneumonia from the COVID and a blood clot. And in my opinion, if they could have just treated that, which they did, and they later on admitted that wasn't even a big deal, the pneumonia or the blood clot. But if they could have just kept him on the mask instead of the ventilator, things in my opinion, would have turned out different. Thank you. Um, uh, Martha, I'm gonna just uh, have the commissioners ask you any questions they might wish to ask. Okay, uh, it appears that there are no questions. Thank you very, very much. Thank you.